Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens. Jason Lanter, so toe service text line 913-576-7610. How do you like your cup filled? You ice or you crushed ice or you both? From the 816, I fill my QT cup with peach twisted tea. But that doesn't answer what kind of ice you use. Gotta be a crush there. Or do you use any ice? Maybe they don't use any. Yeah, Ketz tweeted at me. He said he doesn't use any ice because the fountain drink comes out cold already. Yeah, I gotta have it. a little bit of a little bit ice in it. Yeah. How does it come out cold already? They it don't, does, they it, don't it, store it on ice or refrigeration. Well, the ice. Well, I don't know how they do it, but I know in restaurants when you have the beverage station filled with ice, it keeps the the lines cold. Dusty, it's a few short weeks, and you and I will be in St. Joe. I'm sure once again underneath the tent, and it'll be the first day of practice. Can't and wait, da- baby. And Darian Kennard will end up being the starter because Mitch Holtis will tell us 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Before it happens, like he did last year with Trey Smith, and I'm totally expecting it to happen when we get up there. I'm down with that. I mean, he damn near broke that. What July? I did. He yeah. did break it. That was breaking news, I'm man. Say. We were the only thing on on the weekend. We were the only thing smoking. You want to talk about hot? I don't know if we're the only ones smoking, but we we're definitely the only ones on. Um, but you want to talk about hot? That was hot. That's a hot. That's hot. a hot mother down there in, in St. Joe, but. No, I'm excited. I think you and I have kind of talked about it tonight that football doesn't really sleep. No, it's like, 12 months a year. That's what the NFL's done. It created an animal. Like we kind of we kind of thought it Bill did. Belichick was being a red ass when he said oh. no no days off. Like there really isn't. Like I don't know if Pete has stopped. I know he's gone to, you know, the depths of Kansas on on dinners and stuff like that via IG, but like Man, I mean, we're already at rookie camp. We got a week, and the schedule gets released fully, and then it's OTAs, and then it's St. Joe. And May then it's... 25th through 26th, so basically right. 15 days. Right. Then May, th- May 31st to June 2nd, June 7th through 10th, May Corey Minicamp 14 to 16th. Then in, at the end of July, they'll show them training camp, right, Desi? So basically it's like right. a month. Yeah. That's where you get your vacation in. Which now I understand why all these vets are like – in my contract uh, that I'm about to sign with you, I don't want to do any of these off-season workouts, this stuff like that, because I've been in the league long enough. I don't need to go to mandatory weightlifting sessions and and all this type of stuff. But it is it is interesting to you know kind of see. I guess the more involved we get, I guess every year I learn something different about how the NFL works. And 
the one thing that I've noticed this year is that even with the Chiefs not being in the Super Bowl, I get it they were one game away from the Super Bowl. Um, man, that was, what, end of January in that game against the Bengals? And yet it feels like we haven't stopped. No. Like the draft is just now over, right, two weeks over. We had the combine and the draft all and all the pro day season. Never sleeps. And then you get the draft, and you have the rookie mini camps. Then we're gonna have OTAs. Yeah, you don't, you don't. Stop. Next thing you know, these guys are gonna be hitting each other. We're gonna be talking about Carl Aftis being the new starting DN for the Chiefs, which I think could happen. But by the way, for example, see uh, Melvin Ingram. We'll talk about not doing OTAs or mini camps. One hundred percent. Don't Just blame him. Up, yeah, I don't blame him at all. But he's earned that right, and that's what is, what's gonna happen. In my opinion, that's what's gonna happen uh, for the Chiefs today. Dusty on the uh, on ABC. Well, it's part of ESPN. They announced on Good Morning America two games for week two in the NFL. That doubleheader I was talking to Pete about. You and I talked about at the beginning of the show. You don't like it. Tennessee at the Buffalo Bills, September 19th at 6.15 Central. Vikes at Eagles, same time, 7.30 Central on ABC. They're going to overlap quite a bit. What are they going to do for Manning casting? Split Manning's? Right. Split the Manning's? I, but, you don't want to do that. But obviously. they're pay, you're paying Joe Buck and Troy Aikman all this money, man. Let them have the spotlight. Let them have it all. They'll be, I guarantee you, they'll be at Tennessee Buffalo. Cube dice lasts longer. Have to get the styrofoam cup. Crushed ice for sure and the peach tea. But I'm with you, Binkley. I, I, I like the idea of the split game. I like it. Okay, I like it better than this. I like it better than Monday night traditional open the season up where – there's a game at, what, 6, and then there's a game at 8.30 or 9, right? Or it's, I guess it's like 6 and then 9.30 when they do the, what is it, the opening Monday night game, then they go off to the West Coast, and it's always like the Chargers or the Raiders in Vegas. It's somebody on the West Coast that will play that that PM uh, finale on the opening night. But it'll be interesting to have a game and then have a game kick off 30 minutes later. So essentially you're going to have – a game kick, um, and then 30 minutes later, the first quarter of the first half's over, I guess first quarter probably, almost to the two-minute warning, then you're going to have a second game kickoff. So I guess the way the NFL is doing is that they just have it to where you just never stop watching on that doubleheader because you just flip over, flip over, and by the time one's at halftime, the other one will get started again, and by the time one's over, the other one is finishing. So Oh, it's going to be it's, it's going to be fun, but again, it's what the NFL does. And ESPN, ABC didn't care because they'll probably combine their ratings. Right. And it'll say this many people yeah. watch the NFL. And the other thing, too, about it is that, like, every year the NFL does something different, and it works. So, like, what makes us think that this isn't going to work? And tomorrow, we've got CBS to announce during CBS Mornings. And it's a select game. It doesn't have to be week one or two. It's a select games. They've slowly trickled these out. Day, night of the draft, you get the Chiefs versus Chargers uh, for the first Amazon Prime game. Then the 4th of May, it trickled out with a uh, released. They, they didn't trickle it out. They released it. All the international games with Chiefs were not one of them. And then what they're doing is this week releasing at least one game. So Wednesday, May 11th, Fox to announce during Fox and Friends. Thursday, uh, May 12th, NBC to announce during the Today Show. That's probably going to be a Thursday night game, whether it's the Bucks, Chiefs, Bills. Chiefs will show up in one of these. Like the Chiefs will show up. In one of these. Then Thursday night, Dusty, at 5 o'clock, clubs will announce their first home game opponents, which the Chiefs would probably know. It's probably that Chargers game on Thursday night. I guess they could play at home week one. We'll definitely find out. But then later that night, at 7 o'clock, 
you get to find out the entire schedule. And there's probably a good chance with all the leaks to go on, what's real and what's not real. That's the toughest thing is figuring out what's real and what's a fake account. Just refresh Arrowhead Pride during the day, and um, you'll figure it out, Dusty. You'll, you'll figure it out. But the bottom line is, yeah, the NFL knows what they're doing with this schedule release. It's going to be on ESPN, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1 is going to be playing this as well, Dusty. You can stream at NFL.com, the NFL app, NFL Channel, YouTube, Paramount Plus, Peacock, and Prime Video. They want you to see the schedule release. They have said this is going to be the biggest day. And here's the thing. Like in Kansas City this morning, that's what we're talking about. Bob and I are talking about these two games to release. Why? Because Sports Radio will do this. Probably when you're driving home tonight, Dusty, Fox Sports Radio will be talking about the first doubleheader put out. Even though you're not in the market, they're going to talk about it. And then, of course, Friday is going to be dominated with the schedule and wins and losses and what are your W's, which are your L's. But that's what's going to be happening. In NFL.com, and you get five games. You get five games. Looking at this is from NFL Network. Looking back at 2021, the Cowboys and the Chiefs each played in six primetime games. You get five, but you can get six if one's uh, <clears throat> flexed. Tied for the most contests in a single season with the 2007 New England Patriots since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. And, Dusty, you do the fantasy report uh, with the post-game show. Yeah. We didn't have any regular days. I mean, because I, no. I did the post-game, and there wasn't a lot of Sundays come in here and do it. There's a lot of Mondays, a lot of Sunday nights. It wasn't your traditional, here's the post-game in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Like, we didn't get that. But the NFL has made their schedule an animal, and tomorrow the Chiefs will be one of these games, I think, but select games. And I love how they do this. They trickle it out. I'm shocked, Dusty, because the amount of people now that know the schedules, I'm shocked that you won't start seeing more releases because there are too many people Get that know. Yeah. It's not just you know the NFL in a briefcase and they're mm. holding it tight. It's not like baseball. Baseball we, releases a schedule at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a uh, email. Right. You remember uh, how pissed people get on Twitter when guys like Nate Taylor know the pick before the pick is announced, oh, and yeah. they'll tweet it out? Same thing. I mean, somebody's going to know, like, hey, because what, Chiefs single-game season tickets go on sale on Friday. I tried to stay away from it when I was doing the first round of the draft. Oh, I tried you to, can't, but it was too man. Tough. Yeah. It was too tough. It's tough. Like, I mean, I just – I look at it this way. When you look at releases, I just wish there was a way in which they had it figured out. They could release it all at once. So that way there's no like, well, we know week 12, the Chiefs are playing so-and-so. We know who the Chiefs are playing. Everybody knows who they're playing. Just get it out there. Just, you know what you're doing. Now I get it. There's probably like bidding wars, I would think. And that probably how it works on on, on marquee uh, stations like ESPN, NBC, uh, you know, they got to have their Amazon Prime. They got to have their little discussions like, okay, well, we want this. We want that. Where do we meet here? The highest bidder gets this. And the other thing, too, Brinkley, is you can go ahead and chalk it up every year. As long as Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, he's going to have five primetime games. I mean, and they're going to leave Chiefs one. attractive, Bills, Bills Chiefs, Chiefs, Bucks, Chiefs, Chargers, I mean, Raiders, Broncos. It's all so, there. so many attractive And games. you know, they're going to have a division game on a, on a Thursday night game. That's a primetime game. So then you, you kind of look at it before you look at the four others. Okay. Buffalo's going to play the Chiefs because we got to have a replay of the 13 second game. Cincinnati's going to play the Chiefs because Burroughs 2 and 0 versus Mahomes, and that sells. 
Um, oh, by the way, Derek Carr has Devontae Adams and the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill. Let's see that happen primetime on a Sunday night football game. And then they're always going to leave you one open so they can have that flex. Because I don't think any team can have more than six primetime games a year. And if there is, that means we're in a new world. But I know that, like, they always give the Chiefs five. Yeah, you get five and get one flex. And then you get one flex and they leave that open for the Chiefs. And guess what? The last two years, check that. I believe the last three years, the Chiefs have been flexed. And last year, they were the first game flexed. Well, the the Chiefs are going to be the first prime game. They were also the first Thursday night game when the NFL decided to play two teams that aren't Detroit. And uh, Detroit and the uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, as far as that's concerned. Coming up next, though, we will get to those Kansas City Royals. And I also want to talk about the Bills. Can they handle having the target on their back next? This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big and Night, Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens. Don't forget on Wednesday, June 8th, we're all going to be sitting in the stands to see the Blue Jays. If you want to sit with everyone from 610 Sports Radio, stop by one of the participating locations and uh, Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat, sign and scan the QR code to win. Pretty good, uh, pretty good deal right there. Yep, you'll see me uh, smashing a cold beer and nachos with jalapenos on it. Yeah, you can go do it. It's a lot of fun. So, um, go sit in the uh, stands. It's gonna be fun. It should be a nice day, June. Nice should cool be. breeze. Blue Jays are kind of fun to watch, and kind of they're insanely fun to watch. A lot of young talent, and you know the Royals not exactly fun to watch right now. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were calling for sweeps over the Orioles. And I never mind people. The Royals had a losing record against the Orioles last year. They had a losing record against the Rangers last year. Both those were 100-loss teams. But they did have a winning record against the White Sox. Explain that to me. I don't know. They had a winning direct record against everybody in the division, but the Cleveland Guardians. But things are changing now in the AL Central, Dusty. It was looking like hot crap there for a while. Like, nobody had a good record. Nobody. Minnesota's starting to separate itself a little bit. Remember when they were in Kansas City, they couldn't hit? It was like their lowest offensive production they'd ever had in their history. But now they're 18 and 11, won three in a row, seven and three in the last 10. The White Sox are now over 500. They're starting to get guys back. Jan Makata is coming back for the White Sox. Some of the injuries are coming back. 14 and 13, three games back. They've won six in a row, by the way. Royals did beat two out of three of the White Sox. So I don't know why the White Sox can't be the Royals, but they can't. But they're seven and three in their last 10. Cleveland's now 500. They're seven and three in their last 10. Then you got the Royals. Seven and a half back. The worst run differential in the American League, Dusty. Minus 44 for the Kansas City Royals. Three and seven in their last 10. Lost two in a row. Detroit, you know, I'm surprised Detroit's playing so bad, which, by the way, Joey Wentz. The Kansas City kid from what, Shawnee Mission East? He's pitching Thursday for Detroit. But they've lost five in a row, two and eight in their last ten. Royals have a 12-run differential for them. Right. Like the AL Central. Like the, the cream is starting to rise to the top, and the Royals just keep flying around. But nine and 17, losing two out of three to the Orioles. Carlos Hernandez was pitching well today until the, the, the wheels fell off the bus. Thankfully, Brad Keller goes tomorrow. He's been an absolute stud this season. So I guess that's hope on the horizon. 
Although the Royals did throw good pitchers, you know, at the uh, Orioles, they threw Zach Greinke at them. They yeah. threw Daniel Lynch at them. Mm-hmm. And they'll throw Brad Keller at them tomorrow. You don't have to worry about a rain out, though, because they do have that uh, retractable roof mm-hmm. in Globe Life. The original Globe, Globe Life actually opened in uh, 96, Dusty. So nice. Not exactly an old, old stadium. Martin Perez pitches for the Rangers. He's 0 and 2 with the 2 2 8. So he's not been a bad pitcher this year either. Did you tune in into any of the double headers yesterday? Uh, I mean, yesterday was kind of a busy day, um, but the thing that I'm that I'm noticing with this Kansas City Royals team is there seems to be like a lack of energy. There believe there seems to be like a lack of a of somebody that has, like, a fire up their ass. And the thing that's concerning is, is I listened to the broadcast today, and it was it was Lefevre and, and Mike Sweeney. And the thing that I kept hearing today as I'm driving around is, oh, well, Whit Merrifield's hitting the ball hard. He just keeps finding guys. Oh, Whit Merrifield hard hits hit out. It. Hard hit outs. Hard hit outs. Yeah. And, and it's all this, and I get it, that, you know, they work for a team, and you gotta you got to be respectful. And, you know, and then... I also was kind of disappointed at this point because I went to DMV today to get my tags renewed, but they're off for Truman Day. So happy Truman Day to all those uh, those people out there that had the day off. But anyways, so and they're talking about it, and Sweeney's at the end. He's kind of making a little bit of sense at the end, and he's like, you know, this is, you know, this is a team where like, you know, you're staring down the barrel of a nine and seventeen record. At some point, things have got to change. I get it. There's bad luck. There's you know, there's unfortunates, but you know, at some point, you got to be like, hey, something's got to give. And I don't know what that is. I know Josh Vernier, our Royals insider and our good friend, he gets these questions every night that this person should be fired, this person should be cut. Hey, man, I always wait till about Father's Day until I, because that's what Vern has taught me, said Father's Day is when you should have a really good, clear picture of what your team is. Because I think we, June 1st. That's, that's, and that's fine. But, I mean, and that's close to Father's Day, yeah. so whatever you want to give it. So we'll say yours is June 1st. Does this team and can this team do anything by June 1st to get you back in the mindset of this Royals team can play competitive baseball? Because what have we talked about all year so far? Lack of attendance. Lack of people wanting to go out to the game. Okay. Well, you're not going to gain any traction on that if you're putting a 9-17 and 17 product out there. And eventually, you got to tell yourself what we're doing isn't working. And where you go with that is up to you. I'm not a general manager for a baseball team. I'm not a manager for a baseball team. But if the team's not hitting and the team is struggling at the plate and it's not just one person, it's everybody, then there is a lack of, a, of an approach going into games, which then leans on a coach. Okay? The team's not pitching terrible. So Cal Eldred is okay right now in my book. This team is not pitching terribly. Now they gave up a bunch of runs to Baltimore this today. They lost six to one. They lost uh, what? They won six to four, and they lost like seven to whatever it was like. I don't know what the middle game was uh, in the in the three games, the second game of the doubleheader, whatever that score was. But the thing is, is that you mentioned this at the top, is that the Royals were kind of supposed to make that turn. The White Sox made it two years ago, and they won the division last year, and they're they you know they've been good or they. They're at the top of the division every single year. The Twins are doing it. Well, 
we were told that this team was going to make a turn in 2022. This team has not made that turn. We were told this team was going to be a more competitive team. Not going to happen. Right now, I know it's early, small sample size. They're on pace to lose 106 games. If you're on pace to lose 106 games, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, how do I not lose 106 games, and what do I need to do to make sure that we don't do that? And if that is going after somebody's coaching position, that's on you. But something's got to give because where I see the things that struggle is there's a lack of fire. There's a lack of just, like, it just seems empathetic when you watch them. Yeah, you just can't lose these games. And by the way, Baltimore's terrible. Baltimore moved that fence back in left field 26 feet. That, that's a lot, man. Do you know who Baltimore's closer is? Instead of five is? feet, that's 26 feet. Do you know who Baltimore's closer is? Jorge Lopez. Yes. Who's pitching decent. Because he's pitching against the Royals. He walked two 26 guys. 26 feet they moved Two that guys he walked in the top of the ninth. 26 And they got feet. nothing out of it. 26 feet, they moved that back. But, yeah, it's disappointing. Something's got to happen. What? You know, also, it, it hurts not having them on TV. So people can't, you know, soap opera every you night. You wouldn't want them on TV. Television. No. They need to play the Savannah Bananas. I bet they'd have 25K in there. I don't need, like, a full season of, of the Savannah Bananas. I need, like, once a week. You know who played for them? Who came out uh, running with the flag? Johnny freaking Gomes, man. There he was one of Savannah Bananas now. Imagine that world champion Johnny Gums, one of the Savannah Bananas. Coming up next, Andy Reid spoke today, the last day of rookie minicamp. You won't hear from Andy Reid for a while, but he talks about all the rookies, plus gives an update on some of the injured players like Jody Fortson. Have that, and I'll react to it next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The- well, I mentioned earlier that you can join the 610 crew out there June 8th to watch the Royals and Blue Jays. I forgot to tell you where you can go to sign up for this. How about uh, Tanner's Bar and Grill, the Peanuts, Westport L House, Brew Top Pub and Patio, the Brass Rail. Give you more of them later, but that's uh, just a start if you want to go out with the 610 crew and watch baseball. Andy Reid spoke today for the final day of rookie minicamp. Been a while since we've heard Andy reading his entirety. Here's his thoughts on how the camp went. All right. Um, I really don't have any injuries to talk about. I, I guess Sky would be the, the one if there's anything, but you guys already know the information there. He tweaked his hamstring um, before he got here, and uh, we'll be ready to go when he gets back. So that's where we're at. Anyways, with that, um, I'm going to leave it. Time's yours here. It's been three years, basically, since you've had a working minicamp this big with this many players and everything. What was it like? What was your kind of feel getting back into it? Yeah, it was great. It was great to get everybody in here, these young guys in here. We, Brett did a nice job of supplying us with uh, two deep for every position, at least. And we were able to get some good teamwork in. I think it's a good foundation for the young guys that, that are coming back. Not everybody's making the team, obviously, that was out here. So... But the ones that are coming back, at least in a week, they'll be able to hit the ground running, know the snap count. I mean, you're you're down to the basics, right? So snap count, how to get in the huddle, what the coverages are, fronts. So it's good. Andy, uh, Beach talked about this on draft day, but wanted to get your take uh, as the coach. What, what did you like about Sky Moore? What, what do you think maybe he brings that you didn't have? Uh, what, what kind of role do you see for him, at least initially? Yeah, well, I'm curious to see how, see how he does. I mean, I didn't get much... Uh, of a look here, but the thing I liked in college was <clears throat> he was strong, physically strong. Uh, the things they did with him, he, he you know, he was, he was very good at. So 
whether it was a short intermediate game, whether it was a long game. Um, he could do it all. He has good speed. He's got um, you know, good hands, huge hands. I mean, 10 and 10 plus hands, so, and long arms. And, you know, but he, he's strong. You could see it when you guys saw him on the field out there. He's put together now, so I look forward to seeing him play. Seems like a smart kid. <clears throat> I'm sure this differs with every player, but is there sort of a general process? Because all, all these guys are seen on the field with you guys for the first time. Is there a general process of how you figure out what roles they're going to have once the season does get here? Yeah, we try to take what they did in college and then work it into you know what we're doing with them. And then you evaluate it. So if it's a kid that's coming back, he might have been a safety, but maybe you move in a corner, something like that. So, um, but. You try to get a get an idea how they move around, how well they can pick stuff up. I mean, you're literally starting at, at the ground level <clears throat> with these guys. So, um, you know, you got you know, all the fundamentals, um, schemes, your basic stuff. And what have you uh, seen from Trent McDuffie through these two practices? Fully, we saw him at all three cornerback spots. So yeah. these, these three practices. <clears throat> yeah, always smart. Um, and he's smooth. He moves around well. Good hips. Good hands. Um, I, I like the part of being smart when you're playing that position. Leverages become important. How you do those uh, size. How you're going to handle different size players. We got some big receivers that we go against. How are you going to take care of that? So. Understanding the practice in shorts, rookie camp, um, early impressions of, of seeing Kennard at right tackle. Yeah, I kind of liked him. Yeah, yeah, strong. He, he's put together now. Long arms, big, thick, moves well. He looked competitive for what I mean, what we're doing out here. Um, so I, I, I liked what I saw there. He, he seems like a real sharp kid, though. He picked everything up very easy. Do you learn anything about Carl Loftus again, given the limitations of what you're doing out here? Yeah, he goes 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Walkthroughs, everything. I mean, I just got we, we had to slow him down. Um, but I, I'll tell you, um, it looks like he's got a nice feel for the game. Uh, we put some fire zones in yesterday, and he moves around well when he's in space. Um, he's got good hands. You know, it looks like for again, this is just what we're the little that we're doing, but um, but that motor is probably the thing that jumps out at you. I mean, he he goes and goes. How do you balance that as, as a coach? You know, when you have an enthusiastic guy like that and he wants to go 100 miles an hour, how do you teach him to temper that enthusiasm? Yeah, well, it's just you know, you gotta at a point you have to think of the other guy if you're going at that tempo and it's a walkthrough and everybody else is doing a walkthrough, then you're going to get somebody hurt, and it might be you. So just go at the tempo that we give you. We're going to give you plenty of time to go fast. You know, he'll be, you know, he'll get that up at training camp, and he can go 100 miles an hour and do his thing. So just knowing knowing the, the tempo of the drill. How do you measure success this time of year? I mean, we're a long way away from, from games and action. How do you measure success with that short time? Yeah, well, you look at, again, they're, they're meeting like crazy. They're in meetings half the day. So you get an idea how they, what their retention is, how, how do they take it from the classroom onto the field. Um, 
you can still see it's all passes, right? I mean, we're not running the football out there, so you get to see some of their mechanics there and what they can do at all positions. And um, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's really it. Hard to tell about tackling, which is pretty important, and hard to tell about blocking run game. How, how does a defensive lineman transition from the pass to the run? You can't see that. How does an offensive lineman run block? You know, you can't see that right now. So, I mean, you just take it off of bags for those things. Would you listed that Ely as a running back and wide receiver? Just wondering what the plan is with him in particular. It's kind of we had, him a, we had him a running back um, the, this camp here, and he's pretty good at that. You know, he did, did a nice job, but he does have good hands, and um, He's another one, big, big hands too. So I mean, he's good. He's a, he does a nice job. Coach, you know you haven't seen the guys tackle, but uh, with McDuffie and Karloftis and Chanel, it looks like your defense is a lot more physical. Is that an emphasis going in? You and Beach talk about that. Well, you're always looking, right? You're always looking for the physical player, the best you can. Uh, I mean, they're big kids, uh, particularly the linebacker and the defensive end are big kids. Uh, McDuffie has been a good tackler all the way through. Uh, it, it's important on the defensive side that you can do that. Uh, and so anyway, I mean, we look for that, yes. I mean, to answer your question, yes. I mean, we're, we're trying to be as physical as we possibly can going into the season. And um, uh, that's something Beach looks at. Yeah. Did you see anything from Justin Ross that caught your eye this weekend? Yeah, so I kind of did. He's a big kid. that. Um, it's smooth and uh, runs well enough. He's kind of feeling himself out here just a little bit. Uh, uh, haven't been hurt before, so the last couple of years. But I'm sure has a lot of talent there. And kind of look forward to getting him. He's a smart kid, smart enough to pick everything up. Is there still a process to maybe getting him to where he was earlier in his college career? I'd probably tell you, yeah, this, he was knocking the rust off here. So, uh, But you can see the... You know, you can see the skill there. A couple more guys. Yeah, the, there's some of obviously some Tyron signed with mm -hmm. New Orleans. Just wondering if you can sort of reflect on his time here. Sure. Yeah. Love the kid. I, I assume yeah. things will miss his leadership. Yeah. No, he's great. Great kid. Somebody else had to step into that and, and pick their game up. We were lucky to have him here where he could uh, guys could see how he rolls and and how he leads. Um, so, but I'm, I'm happy that he has a chance to go back home and play like he – like he is here with the Saints, and they got a good football player and a great person. I know it would be missed in the community with the things he did there. Again, other guys have got to pick that up and, and go. Um, so, but uh, sure loved having him here. Great kid. Nate. Um, with Justin Ross, Andy, is there sort of a plan that you have had with Rick about how quickly you want to sort of integrate him? Is this sort of should you should we consider him sort of a long process all the way up to training camp in terms of? Yeah, I don't think so. I think um, the way phase, they'll come back for phase two. So the last week of phase two, and then they'll get phase three, and then they'll have a little bit of a break. And by that time, he'll, he'll know what's expected. He'll see the, all the running that the receivers have to do. Um, and he'll have a chance to talk to the guys. And then he's got training camp. So we'll see how, see how it all rolls there. But right now, he's good to go. Um, and... He did well with it. First day, he was a little, he got his orthotics mixed up, but other than that. <laughs> Pete, Adam, and then Matt. 
Coach, we have the first uh, OTA. It looks like May 25th. Can you just bring us between what happens in the building here for now and, and then? Yeah, so once we hit phase three, um, that's when you can go offense versus defense. Well, the guys for two more weeks in phase two, uh, that's just where it's offense and defense separate. You can kind of scout yourself up with guys holding bags. Um, so, and then once you get into phase three, then, then you, you can go. You'll still have meetings and, and practice in the afternoon, but you can do offense versus defense. And where is Jody Fortson in his rehab? Is he going to yeah. be out there at OTAs at camp? There's a chance you, you get him in, in phase three. We'll just have to see how that goes. Um, if not, uh, training camp. So he, he's he's done very well with his with his rehab, and he's another one of those that goes 100 miles an hour and wants to get going. But gotta be smart with that too. Last one, Matt. Uh, Coach, you mentioned a lot of these guys aren't going to be here for OTAs. What's your message to the tryout guys for the effort they gave this weekend and just outlook on their career going forward? Yeah, I told them that. I, I said, listen, your effort was unbelievable. The first day we were kind of flopping around a little bit. Second day they bared down and and did a nice job of learning. We added some new plays. That was yesterday, and then today they they were smooth. So we did a little red zone today. But what a great job they did coming in. The effort, the learning. Uh, it's like learning French overnight. One of those deals. So. Um, you gotta, you gotta giddy up and go and spend the time doing it. There's no easy way around it. But you can see that they did that. I, I was proud of how they handled themselves. Yeah. All right, thank you. <clears throat> I'll react to uh, rookie minicamp coming up here in a few minutes. But uh, coming up next, talking to a guy from Southern Missouri who's starting a new show this week on 610 Sports Radio. If you're an outdoorsman, you love fishing. Outdoor America starts this Saturday with Tommy Bench. We'll talk to him in a few minutes of what to expect on his show on 610 Sports Radio each Saturday. We do that next. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens. Sorry about that. We just uh, froze up for a second. Occasionally, Dusty and I freeze up, man. But you know what? When it's 90 degrees outside, the word freeze is no a good excuses. thing. No excuses. It's actually a good thing, Dust, man. I mean, I'm down with it. Yeah, you spilt your uh, shaved ice on everything. <laughs> good thing you only had a half of it of shaved ice and you had real ice uh, for the other part of it. But Andy Reid speaking at the end of uh, Rookie Minicamp today. Can't believe they've already had this done, and it's already done. All the all the picks are basically signed for the Chiefs. Now everything's slotted um, in the National Football League. Makes it a lot better. But I noticed, you know, really by hearing the players, just how pro they sound with this team. I mean, just how down the business they are. It's you go to some teams, and you know they're rebuilding, they're reloading. It's a new coaching staff, but yet this team is ready to rock uh, right away, and they know that when they're picked. But time to talk now. About the outdoors, Outdoor America premieres this Saturday, uh, 5 to 6 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio. Tommy Bench uh, will host that show, and he knows all about fishing, being a guide, and you name it, from southern Missouri. What's up, Tommy? Oh, it's going great. How you, how, thanks for having me on tonight. Oh, man, I appreciate it. I love the fact you're doing an outdoor show. I, I think these are great. Uh, it's always good advice and tips for people because I know a lot of people heading out to the lakes at this point and uh gonna be doing some fishing and getting excited about it. i know i like to fish uh, i'm not very good at it uh the only thing i catch is a buzz tommy but i try <laughs> i try i gotta figure out how to catch uh 
uh, uh, fish better. Crappie at uh, hey. up at Smithville. I need to learn how to do that better because I think I'm fishing too high where it's not cold. What's wrong? Well, I, t- I think you might be right, but you know, all you gotta do is just tune in to Six Ten Sports Radio at five a.m. every Saturday morning, and I promise to give you the best up to date uh, expert advice from the pros, myself as a guide, and then all the national pros I'm gonna have on as guests every week, week by week. But uh, you'll get lots of tips and lots of uh, info on how to catch them, when, where, how. And that's the important thing is not, not just like, okay, throwing this particular lure out. You know, you got to know when, you know, what kind of water conditions, weather conditions, uh, water levels, uh, clarity, all that kind of stuff goes into play. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about on Outdoor America with Tommy Vince on 610 Sports Radio. Tommy, so it's going to be great. Do you ever think about noodling? Have you ever noodled? You know, that's actually not even legal in in the state of Missouri, mm. but uh, but in Oklahoma it is. And so oh, yeah. it's, it's a big deal, and I've always wanted to do that. I think it would be very exciting to do that because I, uh, I honestly uh, pride myself on being a multi-species angler and catching them all, whether it be smallmouth, largemouth, <laughs> spotted bass, crappie, catfish, you name it. And, you know, that's mainly what the noodling is about is in big catfish. What about yourself? Do you like noodling? You know what? I've never done it, Tommy, but uh, to be honest with you, it looks intriguing. I know the Chiefs had a guy from Oklahoma that was really good at it. His name was Kelly Gregg. He played for the Ravens and played for the Chiefs, and and he was good at noodling. And I love watching the shows on. I like catfish a lot, too, so it looks like it'd be fun. Well, I know Scott Palmer and John Soka from the Bass Tanker from Oklahoma. I, they, they could probably teach us a little bit about new one, I'd say. So I'll have to talk to them about that. I'm going to have them. Actually, I'm going to have John on the, on the uh, premiere show here this Saturday morning. So uh, tune in. Maybe we'll talk about new one a little bit, see what he has to say about that. Yeah, you've got Taylor Watkins, National Professional Fishing League on as well. Now, Tommy, you grew up on a river. Um, when you're given fishing tips, because I know a lot of people up here fish the Missouri River. I see fishing boats out all the time. I know people fish from the banks and all the the lakes up here. Smithville Lake is up here, yeah. really coastside. That, that's a great crappie lake, to be honest with you. It's one of the best in the state of Missouri. But what, what about river fishing and lake fishing? Are you going to kind of cover both? I do. I cover them both. You know, and I live, I, I'm blessed. I'm very blessed to live where I live. I live in the southern central part of Missouri, and we have, the uh, you know a lot of folks in the Midwest will call it the Ozark. That's where I live. I live in the Ozarks, right there in the smack dab in the central part of the Ozarks. You know where you got Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, kind of all that Ozark region. So we have a lot of the smallmouth, the, the cold water streams that holds the smallmouth bass and some walleye, goggleye, you know, or rock bass. But I mean that's where I'm very lucky because I live around Lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock Lake, uh, Stockton, Bull Shoals. You name it. I mean, I, I, I'm very blessed. Like I said, I, I've, I've got the cream of the crop as far as what to pick from. If I want to go catch some crappie or some lake bass, I can go to Lake of the Ozarks or Table Rock, Stockton, like I said, or multiple rivers around here and streams and creeks that you can literally go and wait and just have an adventure for the day. And that's what's amazing about where I, you know, the part of the Ozarks is just a beautiful place to live. And you know, there's, the, the possibilities are almost un- unlimited. Yeah, in Southern Missouri, it's a lot of fun with Table Rock and Beaver Lake, Arkansas. I mean, there's, you know, Clear Lakes. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. I know, Tommy, you've spoken at national uh, seminars and different events. I mean, it, you know this inside and out. I will tell you this, Tommy, and you probably not, never met many people who do this. I, of okay. course, so we're a sports station, so I play fantasy football. I played fantasy baseball. I've done all this. 
I actually was in a fantasy bass fishing league before. You're kidding me. No, on ESPN, because you pick the anglers, and you always pick them by, like, what state they're in, the tournament is because they know those yeah. lakes so well. And right. you spend a, a certain amount of money, uh, the play money, whatever it is. You spend, they cost you so much, and you have a budget. But the better they get, their price goes up. So you can, you know, get somebody low, and then he becomes a good angler, and all of a sudden he's worth a lot of money. But That's I'm telling you what, and people are, you know, probably never tried it, but fantasy bass fishing is where it's at. I'll tell you what, though. Speaking of fantasy bass fishing, and I'm going to have two of the ones you guys want to keep your eye out for, in particular you. You know, keep your eye out for these two individuals, Taylor Watkins, John Silk. If I'm going to have them on the show, the premier show of Outdoor America on 610 Sports Radio this Saturday, Taylor Watkins, John Silk. If you remember their names, folks, because you will remember them, five years from now you're going to say, I remember hearing that on 610 Sports Radio with Tommy Vince. I guarantee you, Okay, so John Silkup is right now number one ranked in the Bass Open Series. He's the number one. He's winning the point series. If he's in the top three, he goes to the elite. Fishing with Kevin Van Dam, Mike Iconelli, Hackney, you name them. All that was the best. Pros. He's going to be right there with him, John Silkup. Well, that's good stuff. It'll be, it premieres uh, 5 to 6 a.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio. Tommy Bench is going to give you good advice when you're heading out to the lake. It's perfect time, too, because you're – Probably going to be going out to lake at that point. You can hear some some good tips on lures, what to use to fish, uh, different rods and reels uh, to really, uh, you know, be good at what you're doing. Great locations to fish because it's like everything. It's like business. It's location, location, location uh, when it comes uh, to getting fish. But, Tommy, I appreciate you joining us. I can't wait till your show's on this weekend. We've been needing a show like this, and I'm very excited. This is going to be on 610 Sports Radio. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Thank you again for having me. I, I can't thank you enough, and I look forward to it. All right, Tommy, take care, my friend. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Dustman, fish man, let's go fish. Why don't you go fishing with me? Because like I told Tommy. I'll sit in the boat and drink beer. Yeah, I catch a buzz more than fish. I'm good with it. I mean, I I grew up on lakes, so I can I can link science. What is it? Link, lure, and hook? I don't know. I don't know the sayings. I just know that I can put a worm on a hook. I can throw it in the in the water, and I can catch a bluegill. I can catch, you know, some crappie. Christmas trees make for a great little crappie nest. I know that. Like, you take it upside down, put it underneath your dock, get a little crappie nest, and then there ain't nothing better than fish fry. Crappies are my favorite to fish for, and there's a ton of Smithville. Smithville at mm-hmm. one point was the rated the third best lake for that in the business. But here's the thing. You know my friend Tank, right? Yeah. He used to go fishing with me because I, had a, I went to Smithville uh, from 04 to 09 all the time to fish. And we'd always have binoculars like in the uh, tackle box or whatever. And one day, Tank's out there and says, hey, take a look at this. We had stumbled upon a nude beach. <laughs> now, we weren't nude, but they have that up there. There's like a colony up there in Smithville. Heck yeah. There's like a nude run and everything. But we stumbled upon the nude beach while we're out fishing. And uh, there's two guys, you know, with some binoculars, you know, on the shore and uh, seeing things that. Uh, Live your life. Yeah. So anyway, we'll go fishing at some point, Dust Man. New we'll fishing, or we'll have a good time. You want to sit in the boat no, naked? With- no, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. We'll wear clothes. Oh, okay. And we'll bring the binoculars, though. Oh Lord. I mean, I got them for trade. I'll bring camp. my. I'll, what I'll do? We'll They're get away for trade camp. We'll get away with it. I'll bring my range finder that I use in the golf course. You can take how and far that way they we are. can we can see if we're like <laughs> far from the dock. And they're like, "What are you doing? Looking at my boot? No, five hundred no. yards from I, boobs. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to let me know how much distance I got. It gets up to <laughs> to, to it gets up to like six hundred and fifty yards to a pin. So I'm good. <laughs> good stuff. So Tommy Bench's show will be on this Saturday. Looking forward to Outdoor America coming up next. They'll react to Andy Reid, and I react to the. Uh, 
rookie training camp, but who to watch for him St. Joe next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.